0: We don't know much. We know that Abraham was obviously a grown man. We do know that the scriptures gives us that when he left the temporary place, that he was 75 years old when he finally obeyed God. But we know this that he must have had a very strong-handed father. And so verse 31 tells us that it was Terah that took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran and his daughter-in-law Sarah, the son, his son Abram's wife and they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Cana and they came to Haran and dwelt there. something to note as part of the message tonight. Lot's dad's name was Haran. The very same name of the place that they came to stay and dwell at, that became the permanent residence until Terah died. Now I don't know the, the cause of why that the man's name, Lot's father's name was the same as the place other than the fact that it could have been named that in honor of Lot's father brother. Don't know. We just know this, that obviously that there was a strong tie, a strong family tie that that bound them together and God knew he had to separate Abraham from all of that before he could use him. Family the ties that were there because it was Terah who took the position of leadership, but God had called Abram. But Terah was the one who led the family out and chose who would go. And so we see this and then we pick up verse 2 of chapter 12. God's covenant, God's contract with Abram as he said, I will make a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What a tremendous word that God gave to Abram. I want us to talk about this tonight. I want to talk about the word stuck. I don't know about you, but that's one of my big areas that I hate is to get stuck. I don't like getting stuck in traffic. I literally have driven two hours longer than it would have taken if I just stayed in the stuck traffic just because I don't like getting stuck. I don't like getting stuck behind lines at Walmart. I don't know about you, but what I'll do, I'll calculate my attack upon my checkout line. I will observe how many people's in each line, and I will look at how much they got in their basket, and I will determine what line I'm going to get in based upon those two factors. And needless to say, every time, I will choose the wrong line. Because by the time I get up there, the person in front of me has got five items in their basket that don't have a price on it, that has to be price checked, and I'm watching all the time to see how good a job I did. And I watch that line, it's finished. Five more people have gone through if I just stayed in that line. Come on now. And so, by the time I get out of Walmart, I'll just be declaring I ain't going back in that store. (laughs) But I don't like being stuck. But what I want to talk about tonight is the fact that this is what happens to our life. How many people have gone in their work or their activity? with an zeal for God and a great desire. And somewhere between that excitement and that thrill, they get stuck and stuck in life. You know what? Most of the people sitting by you are where they are because they got stuck in life. They've not moved forward. And some of it is our own doing. I want to talk about that that word stuck. One more, there you go. And I want us to talk about the things that causes a person to get stuck, things that will cause you to get stuck. There's something I, wanna, I want to ask you to do right now. I want you to make up your mind that in these next 10 years, and some we've been talking about the decade, we've been talking about what you need to be focusing on for These next 10 years. Because you're going to be somewhere. i ask you again and again. I'll do it again tonight. In 10 years. How old will you be? Where will you be? What will life be? There's a lot of changes that takes place in our lives. And some of them happen suddenly. Some of them happen that we had no control over. But there's a call of God upon our lives. But there's one thing that I want to ask you to do. In these 10 years, and that's to never say these words, things will never change. Things will never change. That is the most discouraging words that I could imagine hearing. Things are always going to be this way. That's the way it is, it's the way it's always been, and that's the way it's going to be. Things don't change. I want you to determine that with the grace and the help of God, that those words won't come out of your mouth. Because I want to tell you, as long as there's a God in heaven, and as long as there's breath in your body, with the faith in God, anything can change. Circumstance doesn't have to stay the way they are. Look at this word, stuck and we look at the acrostics. The first of the letter, the S, the things that will cause you to get stuck is become self-absorbed, where that everything is centered upon yourself. There is no faster way in your life is to become so, it will bog you down, it will destroy your ability to move if your life begins to be absorbed in self-absorption. If you look at life as being, everything happens to me, and it's all about me, and I want my way, I want this for me. I'm I'm I've worked hard. Now it's time for. I hear this all the time, some me time. But you see, we're called that we are to. And support and strengthen one another. We're not called to ourselves. The greatest way of life is to lose ourselves in the ministry to others. We're talking about mission trips, we're talking about doing things for others any time you devote yourself you will to to others you're going to find out there is something that happens inside of you that ordinary life becomes the super life in christ And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can be an overcomer. You can walk in faith. You can see victory in your life. You can be a victorious child of God if you leave the desire to just hold up yourself and put your strength in helping others you can't lift anybody up without lifting yourself up lifting other people up doesn't bog you down and strength it brings strength to you you cannot become self-absorbed or you will find yourself stuck the second of these is to continually think tomorrow tomorrow well i'll start it tomorrow i'll do it tomorrow If I'm going to diet, I'm going to eat everything I can find today because I'll I'll diet tomorrow. Come on now. If I'm going to, I, I, I know this needs to be cleaned up. I know this needs to be taken care of and I'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow is the greatest hindrance to walking into your future. Never, never, never. Place things in tomorrow. Because let me tell you what tomorrow is. Tomorrow is 2030. Because if you keep with that kind of spirit, 10 years will go by and you'll still be waiting until tomorrow. I'm going to go do this. I'm, I'm going, I know we need to go visit them. And I know we need to make this trip. And I know that this. I need to take care of some physical things. I need to give up this my smoking. I need to give up this, these uh, eating habits of mine. I know I need to do that. But I'm, I'll start tomorrow. You're going to find yourself bogged down in inability to do anything today if all your mind is on tomorrow amen the third self-absorbed tomorrow unwilling to return to God in faith, unwilling to return to God in other words, we live our lives upon our own strength. I heard someone say earlier, if we do anything it's because God is our source of strength. We rely upon ourselves. We look at our own self, that we are to take care of ourselves, but when are we going to trust God? Someone said it earlier tonight, that we don't pray enough. We don't trust God enough. We rely on what we have. Our resources, our ability to deliver ourselves has not worked in the past. Why do we think that our own ability to pick ourselves up is going to work tomorrow? We've got to return to God with faith. The whole thing I've been talking about is to re-identify yourself as a person of faith. And you can't walk in faith if you keep on depending upon your own strength and your own ability. Trust God. Return to the Lord in a faith life. Believe Him for things that are impossible. You know we've got too many people. Don't you? Don't you become one of those persons who can't? It's known as a we can't. We can't. You, can't, you know what I said, and I we stand in our our nice auditorium. It's we, we got a we've we got a lovely church. We've got additions that that were put on to the church before I got here. And do you know why they're there? You know why this, this new auditorium is sitting here? It's because somebody had a vision to believe that it could be done. But how many of you know, I guarantee, I wasn't here, but I guarantee you there was some of them that that some folks had said, no, we're satisfied. We need to keep what we got. We don't need to go in debt. We don't need this. We, oh, what happens if we can't pay it? What, look." When are we going to return to be a people of faith? Come on now, don't shout me down. When are we going to return to being a people that can trust God and believe God for the future and believe that if we reach out because you know who it was? You were the ones that believe in God that we could do it and, and the ones that didn't believe it could be done, are they? But you're here because you believe God. Our auditorium was nearly full this morning, nearly packed with people, because God is moving in our midst and touching lives, lest don't hamper the move of God, amen. Now, you individually, if you would start with this next 10 years, I'm going to be a man or a woman of faith. What I do, I'm not gonna do, and what I can, eyes can see, or what is within my reach. I'm going, to, I'm going to reach beyond my reach. I'm going to look beyond what I can see. I'm going to trust God. Beyond what my own ability is able to keep me. I don't want to keep myself. I want God to, to be my source. I want him to be my strength. I want to step out my faith. And believe that if I make a move. God's with me. Amen. Unwilling to return to God in faith. You, you can't be the we can't people. You've got to be that we can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens us. And then stuck is become comfortable staying sick. Comfortable staying sick. You say, what are you talking about preacher? We become, because the enemy comes against us. And we are all confronted with things that we have to face in our lives, but we began to be comfortable in our sickness or in our inabilities and our weaknesses. And I want to tell you, some of them are physical. Some of, your, some of the things you're facing are physical. Don't be comfortable with that. Don't say, well, that's just the way it's going to be. You seek God until you get an answer. Come on now. If, it is, if it's something that you're going through, that God is preparing you for the future, get excited that you are you're going to pass this test. You're going to go through this, but don't you sit down in your your sickness or in your inabilities or in your weaknesses and don't believe that God's ever going to touch you or use you. You walk by faith believing, I don't know when, I don't know how, but the hand of God is going to deliver me. I'm trusting in the Lord. Amen. Don't become comfortable in staying sick. And then the K, you're going to get stuck if you live continually looking backwards. If you always are looking in reverse, there's no way that you can go forward. You've got to get unstuck. So you've got to turn your eyes around and you've got to look by faith. You see, that's what God called Abram. I want you to leave become unstuck. But you see what Abraham did, or Abram? First of all, he had his dad to lead him. Look, Dad, I, I, you, 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 uh, you, you take us. And, and he convinced his dad. I don't know why. But yet they started out to go to Canaan. But halfway there, they came to this oasis-type setting it was tough. It was a rough road. It was, it was a hard journey. For some reason, they came to this location, and Tara said, this is good enough. We, lit, we left home. We left the family behind. This is good enough. We at least started. I don't want you to start something you don't finish. That's ahead of you. Determine that if you start, you're not going to find a comfortable spot to stop and say, at least I started. Do you know that's what most people do with their relationship with God? They start out, but they never get into Cana. They never get into the place of promise. They never, get all, they never get into the place where the blessings of God are going to flow on them. They stopped somewhere. They did leave the old life. They did resign themselves to follow after the call of God. But the call of God did not take them into the promises of God. And if your call of God has not got you into the promised land, you keep walking until you get there. What are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about the place where you, where the milk and honey flows, where the power and the presence of God's in your life, where that you're not stuck between doing, a serving God and, and being in the world, that you're not somewhere in between in a lost land, that you don't really belong to the kingdom of God, you don't really belong to the world, you just made a start, but you never went on in. Listen, there's a glory ahead of you if we determine we're not going to stop halfway. If I'm going to serve God, I'm going to serve him with everything I've got. Amen. Amen. I want to get where the milk and honey flows. I want to get to the promised land. That promised land is where you're going to find the presence of the Holy Spirit. The promised land is where you're going to find the the joy of God and God speaking to you and you speaking to God and you find that life has become a joyful presence of God where the power of God is moving in you and using you. Don't stop in Haran. Don't stop. You might name it after some friend in an amazing, in our world, how that people left certain countries or left things and, and the first thing they do is that when they get to the new place, they name it after the old place, where they come out of come on now. Why do you think we got New York? Well, because somebody left Old York. <laughs> Amen. Or New Mexico. because somebody came out of Mexico, but they never get in they never totally got away from Mexico. Come on now. Or New Hampshire. Or this is my favorite, New New England. Come on. They left England, but let's just name this out of the old. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm just telling you. There are some things that you've got to listen. That's what gets me when people say, well, you know, I used to be an old sinner. I'm a new sinner now. <laughs> Come on. Don't. Don't. Don't don't throw anything at me. Right? Come on. Well, when are you going to become a saint of God? He's all preacher, now come on, you know what? But what I'm saying to you is we don't need to leave something old, the old life. Jesus said the old things have passed away, and behold all things have become new. The the scripture the revelation that I put up before you tonight is that he said I'm going to make all things new who's going to walk into the newness who's going to get out of the stuck life into the blessed life into the anointed life into the presence of God into the will of God where you know that you're walking in God's holy will come on now so let's talk about this in closing how do you break free from that stuck place how do you break free from the stuck place? But break free. Do you want to show you how that Abraham got free? Number one, he got free because there was a death. Can I? Can I be, Can I just tell you something? And I'm not trying to be be ugly about this, but my dad was was an evangelist too, and he. He was probably about the best evangelist I ever knew. Could give an altar call better than anybody I've ever known. But I can hear him saying these words. He'd go to a church and he'd preach for a few services and, and I'd hear him, some, someone would say, well, what do you think about that church? And I've heard him say this more than one time. He'd say, well, they're about three deaths away from a revival. <laughs> and you say... What in the world? Well, what he was meaning is there's some folks there holding the whole thing back. Come on. Doubt and unbelief. I said it didn't mean it to be, be some ugly thing. He, what he was saying is that, that there is a, it's, it shouldn't be that way. What kept Abraham from going into the promised land? One of them was his dad. Come on now. And the death of Abraham of the death of of Terah, the Bible said immediately that Abraham then was able to go on. And so I'm not telling you that you're you're gonna have to have somebody to die, but I'm telling you this, that there are people in your life that will tie you down with unbelief and with discouragement that will hold a church back because they never want to move forward. Now, I'm not preaching this to y'all, I'm preaching to these folks that's listening, but. So that was the first way. The second was there was a split. There was a separation because there was a crisis. You can turn over one chapter to the 13th chapter of Genesis. Verse number five, this is, see Lot went on with him into the promised land, but then something happened. It, they began to grow. They began to prosper, but there was still that connection that just wasn't the will of God. And so what happened was, Verse five, Lot also who went with Abram had flocks and, and herds and tents. Now the land was not able to support them that they might dwell together for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen's of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen's of Lot's livestock, the Canaanites and the Perizzites that dwell in the land Parasites that dwell in the land. So Abram said to Lot. Please let there be no strife. Between you and me. And between our herdsmen's and your herdsmen. For we are brethren. Is not the whole land before you. Please listen to this. Please separate from me. You know. Sometimes. There comes a time. That you have to go a different way amen sometimes there are people who grow and their strength in god or their anointing and and whatever it is and i'm speaking spiritually that there are times that sometimes you just grow to the point that the only way god's ever going to be able to use you is you're going to have to do some some separating strife is not always bad if it's Now, there's no need of, no, the word strife, I shouldn't have used that. But separation is not always bad. If it's God's way of getting both into the will of God. And for God to be able to use you. And so, with this in mind, he said, please separate. You take whatever area you want to go, I'll go the other way. And so the victory, if you're going to get out of of being stuck there comes a time you got to know who to let go you got to know when hmm there's a verse of scripture in in Haggai chapter 2 verse 3 and 5 and the bible says be strong be strong. Look at what I, what's I highlighted in red. Three things if you're going to get unstuck. Be strong, work, and understand I'm with you. I am with you. Be strong. And he says this to the, to the leadership of the country, Zerubbabel. He says it to the spiritual leader, Joshua. And then he says it to the people, you be strong and you work. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be tough, but you be, you work. Understand I'm sending you, I'm sending you to do something. I'm going to be with you. Be strong, work. I'm with you. Hmm. And there are times when you need to be strong and know when to work and know I'm with you. Because all along there are gonna be times you're gonna need courage. Because there are gonna be times in your life that there are gonna be everything seems to be ruined. I like it, our brothers and sisters who joined us, it seemed like they reached a dead end Sometimes God brings us to that place to take us into the place that he's really got for us. And sometimes at the point of ruins and when our resources are limited and when it seems that God is slow in responding to us, know that God is still on our side. Then to close tonight, the last point I want to bring in how to break free is that you must break free of the fear of starting. You've got to break free of the fear of starting. Now I said, this is a new decade. And some of you, you're stuck because you're afraid if I start, if I make this move, if I change, if I I pursue this 10 years, this decade of where that I'm gonna minister to God, and that's gonna be my heart, and I'm gonna do something for the kingdom of God. It's going to be tough starting. And the only way that you can break free of the fear of starting is, listen to me. Everybody looking at me? Clean house is number one. Clean house. What are you talking about? I'm talking about some of you, you lap the un, most unbelievable things tie you and keep you from being able to move out into the will and the purpose of God. And do you know what it could be? It could be your cats. It could be your dogs. I can't go. I can't I can't make a missions trip. Who's gonna watch my dogs? Come on now, folks. Am I telling the truth? I mean, it's part of my family. And how am I going to leave my little... My, he'll have a nervous breakdown if I go off and leave him for two days. Come on. Sometimes we've got a clean house. Do you know how that you go into the will of God and you get started is you get rid of everything that you can't take with you if it's holding you back from doing what God's called you to do? And sometimes that hurts. And so this is the first thing. God will not ask you to do anything that you cannot do. You've got, with his help, you've got to move. How many is ready to go in? And as I conclude this series of sermons that I've been preaching on, on the vision that you have for your life for this coming year, start getting rid of stuff. Start getting your life so that you are lightweight, that you're not heavy and laden down with stuff. Amen. Listen to God because I believe with all my heart, there are people that have been listening to this, this these sermons that's going to come to me 10 years from now and say, Preacher, my life turned around because I've made a decision. I was moving forward. I was going to do something with my life in these years. Would you bow your head, Father? Thank you for your presence tonight. Thank you for the joy of your word. Thank you, Lord, as we approach this this decade, is we're already into it now, a month. Lord, I just pray that somehow in some way that we might have the courage to do what is needed. That we might serve you with all of our heart. In Jesus' name.